Yes, so season four is finally upon us. And these you will see are a bit longer conversations than normal, but that's okay because these are full blown interviews, okay? So we will not be here every day, so you can always listen to half today and then pause it and come back and listen to the other half tomorrow. But yes, so today we are hanging with Pastor Marcel, who is my pastor, but let's have Pastor introduce himself first. Shalom, my name is Marcel Rosavis. I'm pastor for Fullness of God International Ministries. We are based in the Cape Town. I'm a married man to one wife, as the Bible says. And God has blessed me with two sons. Yeah, and um, that's me. Thank you, Pastor. So, without wasting any time at all, let's get right into this. Can Pastor tell us what is the difference between dating and courting and at what point and who decides to name it what they want? So does a person just decide that, okay, now I'm courting or now I'm dating? The word dating, it is very, uh, it, it, it is, it is often used in the contemporary age. But dating was not there before. Okay. This is a new word. Dating. One of the things that I have realized, the word dating, it is attached to time. Okay. The word dating actually comes from date, as in time or season. So it is very important to understand the context that applies to this word dating. Okay. There are levels of life that one should get into and outuse the word dating. In my own interpretation, dating is making friendship. Okay. Dating is making friendship without a purpose. Okay. <laughs> that is the proper definition of mm. dating in my dictionary. It is establishing relationship with opposite sex without a purpose. So there is no, in, there shouldn't be intention. There shouldn't be ideology to share intimacy. Because intimacy has its own place that it fits in. And therefore this word dating supposed to be used at a certain phase of life okay. and in our content we're speaking about young people in the church so young people in the church need to understand that dating is having friendship or relationship without a purpose okay <laughs> so the moment that relationship has a purpose mm. we no longer call it dating we call it courtship. Okay. So in the courtship, then we're supposed to guide you to marriage. So anytime you are in a relationship, the world we're living in have changed this word. Mm. The moment we say dating, it opens a lot of ideas. We're going to sleep together. We're going to have sex. You are my girlfriend. Um, that word, my girlfriend, brings ownership brings entitlement dating does not give entitlement okay. because we are in a phase in our life where we are friends without a purpose entitlement when i say you are my girlfriend it means there are things that i'm entitled to have from you and that's why this word dating in a church setting should be used correctly mm. to groom our young um sons and daughters mm. to understand that i am dating and dating to me means i have a girl who is my friend okay. as an opposite sex we talk a lot we share ideas but we have no purpose purpose to get married purpose to become husband and wife mm. the moment that comes you're no longer dating you are courting wow okay 
perspective. <laughs> it's got to be. I've been thinking deep about this. <laughs> what would be my take? Because there is a different when I'm when my mind is trained to say I'm dating. There is a lot of expectation from me as a man, mm. and there's a lot of expectation from you as a female. Mm. But we need to teach the church that they must not interpret this word dating incorrectly. The old gospel would have a problem when they see two young and men and a girl together. Yeah. And also that would depend on how they behave around each other. Because in their circle, they are dating. He's mm. my girlfriend and my, his boyfriend. And therefore, changes how they behave towards each other. The, 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 there would be those, those sexual um, signals taking place. Mm. But it shouldn't be. Yeah. And this is what makes our young men and women insecure. Every time they are around a man, they think we have to think about sex. And every time a young man is around a girl, he has to see her differently. That is not how it's supposed to be. True. You're supposed to be my best friend. And I'm supposed to find peace and comfort that. True. Because in that, I'm learning how to relate to women. Mm. I'm learning how women do things, how women think. And when time comes that I don't want you maybe to be my girlfriend, in what the world known. I'll be like, can we take this relationship further? Oh, okay. Let us not be friends anymore. I want us to be friends with the purpose. That's actually when changes leaders and pastors should now get involved. Because we now get involved earlier because we are scared mm. that the ideology you have and she have or I have, it is different. Yeah. And that's why we become very concerned. That's why we begin to set parameters through doctrine. I see. But otherwise, if our sons and daughters, even though they're coming from the world, mm. but we come from the world to be transformed by Christ. Man. And therefore, if we can train them, yeah. have friendship, it's not wrong to, ha- to be around females. And also, what kind of female friends do you need? Yeah. Because they will define the kind of wife you will have tomorrow. What kind of male friends do you hang around? Because they will define the kind of a husband you will have tomorrow. So that is very important that we use this word correct. Wow. And that is what I've been looking deeper <laughs> into recently. Sure, okay. I'm like, my mind is blown away. It's just the first question. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the second question. Okay. So, Pastor already covered the, the, the part that I wanted to ask of what happens when people jump into courtship without having yet dated. But now what happens when the church is involved, the parents maybe are involved, people are courting, and in the middle of all that, they decide that I don't want to marry this person anymore. So, what's the, kind, what's the por- correct procedure that should take place in that sense? It's, I think it's important that we understand that there has not been commitment. Okay. It's just that the only commitment and invested its time mm. and the energy. But we really need to spend more time here. And whenever we use these words, they sound harsh to feminine, to female. Mm. Being your fiancé doesn't give any of us entitlements. True. We have not yet shared in the covenant. Okay? So, and, and when we are reaching into courtship, we expect more of God orientation than man orientation. Okay. So that we're not always going to point and say it was the pastor that advised me to marry you. And I'm, 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 I'm not surprised or I didn't love you mm. when things happens. Things happens between two people. Yeah. Spiritual guidance, the, the word guidance, it is not imposement. It is not to oppose. Okay. To guide 
it is to put you between two choices. <laughs> See, I have put life and mm. death before you. That is guidance. Okay. There are two ways here. There is life and death. Choose one. So, the role and responsibility of a pastor, it is not to police the choice you're going to make here. Mm. It is to support you in the choice you're going to make here. Okay. Those choices might come with consequences. Mm. In a sense to say, relationship may not work, though you thought it was the right one, you invested the time, the church must still support you at that stage, where relationship does not work. We should not even point a finger at one and say he, he is wrong, mm. or she is wrong. If it wasn't meant to be, it was not meant to be. Yeah. God knows who is yours. Mm. And who is yours is a part of you. <laughs> and who is not yours cannot be part of you. True. Okay. Mm. So a part a lifelong time partner, it is somebody you love without feelings. That is number one. Ooh. Okay, so that is very important. That's like literally like a, a tweetable moment. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so people need to understand that. Mm. Someone who you're going to call my wife, mm. my husband, it is a someone that by God's grace you will love without a feeling. Because feelings comes to an end. Mm. It is someone who you, who you don't breathe without them. Your thoughts are always around them. And it must be likewise. It mm. must never, it's never one way when it's meant to be. And um, that, that those kind of people, they meant to have a good relationship. Mm. Relationships will always be tested. And it's through tests you get to know whether it's meant to be also. So you cannot avoid tests in a relationship. So it is important in answering your question to know that the role of church is to support you mm. when things go right. And to support you when it doesn't work out. In a form of encouraging you. Let's pray about it. I know it hurt. Mm. Uh, it's not what you expected. You thought it was going to lead to marriage. It was not meant to be. Yeah. One of the things that causes people to. To kind of like have a, a breaking heart. Mm. At that stage where things doesn't work out. They've invested their loss. If you invest, knowing, I want to say something that is very powerful. Okay. You will not be heartbroken if you loved me and you invested in me. Because love invests without return. Okay. So the problem is, the return you as a woman expect from me is to marry you and become your husband mm -hmm. and fulfill all the promises I have promised you yeah, yeah. And, and also be able to feel the picture of who you have seen in your life. But if, you, if your intention was to love this man, to be your husband, your, wife, uh, your husband, and it didn't be, you have invested but you didn't expect a return. Okay. And that should actually give you comfort to say, sure. I loved him. Well, God knows he was not mine. So I don't have time to break and tear in the pieces because I bought him the suit, the car he's driving, the house he's living in, God yeah. forbid. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, and therefore you are breaking in peace. You are going yeah. into major depression. Your life is changing. Yeah. You no longer think straight. The world has fallen apart. Mm. The world will fall apart. The day you die. <laughs> if you are still living, it means your one still need to come. Come on. So it, it is okay to mm. have a breaking point. But just make sure it is the breaking of relationship, not the breaking of your heart. Yo. And, and just to pick up on that, I just want to ask Pastor. So now Pastor says that this is someone that you love without feelings. That's that, I feel like that's it's it goes back to the when you know, you know type of thing. But practically now, say people are courting, what are they looking for? Because I believe that when you're friends and when you're courting, there are different things that you're looking for. 
you know to say maybe this is my person or this is not my mm. person so what are you looking for in courtship to determine whether or not this can be a person that you build a future at with? the from between the age of 18 to the age of 23 to 25 mm. it is the age for me where you learning people in your life okay usually it's in that circle that a husband can come from also it's usually somebody you know mm. somebody that has been in your sphere of influence mm. or within the yeah within the the, the 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 sphere of influence the space people you know you have can relate to people you fellowship with you have had you got to went to hike together mm. you went for a picnic together as a friends as a change mate as brothers and sisters but who are close friends in a sense we in a, you are my friend you are my mm. best friend but there is no purpose mm. when that idea of husband my long term partner comes in you are reaching into a stage of making decisions yes you you are beginning to know what you expect in a man you are not only driven spiritually or driven physically but you are beginning to see and to know exactly what you're looking for in a man yes you cannot enter in courtship unless you have everything you know that you need in a man mm. that goes for a woman Okay. Because you have had a time to hang around the sisters. I see. You have had a time to hang around the brothers. So based on their personality, based on who you are, because at the age of 25 as a child of God, you and above that, you're not supposed to be looking for identity. Yes. You're supposed to have known your identity. Yeah. You're supposed to have known what where you're going. What is your desire? Where do you want to live? Where do you want to stay? How do you want to live? What kind of man do you want to marry? It is a stage where you no longer want to compromise. Because yeah. the moment you start in compromise for somebody else, that is the moment you get hurt and you yeah. regret. You regretting because you compromised. Another treatable moment. <laughs> so you only compromised mm. in covenant. Okay. You cannot compromise in courtship. Because there's no entitlement. Mm. There is no covenant. There, there is no union either. Yeah. So we need to teach the things and write about it carefully that it will make sense to our sons and daughters. Mm. That right now, guess what, me and you, hey, hey, don't say why I didn't call you yet. <laughs> we're not entitled to this call. Mm. Just because we're in courtship doesn't mean there's entitlement. It is an, we're taking this relationship to the next level. Mm. And I'm, at, at the same time, I'm not going to rush into it. If possible, within the six months, you will know. Mm. Because if it's somebody close to you, six months, you would know and mm. start praying for marriage and yeah. having church blessings. Yeah. But until we exchange rings, I don't own you, mm. you don't own me. Sure. Okay? Yeah. That, is, that message must be understood and it mm. must be clear that I'm not yours, you're not mine. <sighs> as much as I'm prophetically saying it, the constitution of the country does not agree with you. <laughs> the constitution of the kingdom of God have not approved mm. that. So we are in a process of getting the legal right to have entitlements. Yeah. Otherwise, if you go to home affairs mm. and they say she loved me, no, they will tell you, excuse me, mm. Where you're married in the community of properties, no. Sure. Where you're married in a, what is which other one? Um, community. Of, yeah, here you go. Yeah. And you say no. Where you're married traditionally, you say no. So who are you? In another word, mm. you still single and isolated mm. <laughs> until there is a covenant. Yeah. There is entitlement. People need to stop giving everything. And the moment you give a man everything he needs, it is the day he thinks he has entitlement. Sure. <laughs> so he needs to earn the right to entitlement. Okay. 
He need to know that you matter in this relationship. Yeah. He need you more than you need him. That's another thing. I don't know who taught women that they need us more than we need them. I am listening. <laughs> and God realized that Adam was lonely. I like where this is going. <laughs> women, women need to understand that they are everything we need and don't have. <laughs> Men will have money, money will become useless. Men will have cars, cars will become useless. Men will have mansions, mansion will become useless until there is a woman in his life. So woman is the prize, not the man. It is the prize is not us. This is why women should hold their pride to say, Mm-mm, get it on first. Get it on. Get it on. Talk is cheap. Get me at home. I need to be at home. Until that takes place, there is no entitlement. You know? Yeah. There, there is no reason for somebody to say, Tuesday, I was angry. Why are you angry? What happened? <laughs> what went wrong? <laughs> you know? Because yeah, yeah. these are kind of things that people enter in a quick relationship yeah. and they don't work out. They get hurt. The moment we pass, when it is someone in your circle, you will know them a little bit. You know their short temper. You know they are lazy. They come to church every time with the same gene. He hardly washes. You will begin to know, okay, that I can handle. That I will. And some of these yeah. things you begin to change in the brothers in the church before you can actually see them as a potential husbands and wife. Yeah. Because by nature, you guys like to hang around the clean men, men who are decent. These are the kind of things we actually supposed to promote in the church. Hey, if you can't get a gin, can we raise money in the church for a gin? <laughs> if you can't get a proper sugar, you know, because yeah. we're trying to get them clean. Mm. We're trying to get them to understand that we want men that are decent, men that are clean. Yeah. So when you enter then in courtship, you are at the stage where you have not yet entitled. Mm. You are making decisions that can potentially make each other husbands and wives. Okay? We have not become husband and wife. Mm. So there is no such a thing as it didn't work out. That's why I'm sleeping in my room for seven days <laughs> and my lights are off. I'm no longer eating. No. No. You have to do what David did when the baby died. The Bible mm. says he stopped the washing and, and, and I'm sorry to use that example. He, 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 he was not eating. He was not showering. Mm. When the baby died, David, he rose and he took a shower mm. and he ordered them to cook for him a good meal. Mm. And listen to this. His maids and the bodyguards expected him to be mourning and grieving. Mm. That's what society expects. Oh, he left you. I thought he, you've been together for three years in courting. <laughs> Oh, uh, he left you. I thought you guys were planning a marriage. Didn't you tell your mother already about him? I thought we, we thought. No. Yeah. He watched and he says, well, the Lord's will has been done. I cannot change God's mind about this. He sat on the table and enjoyed his meal. And he went to bury the child and the man was at peace. Because he didn't take it personal. There was nothing personal. Mm, he says, I'm going to talk to God about it and see if I can change his mind. Mm. If I can't change his mind, then oh, wow. what? Well, if, if he didn't marry you, you didn't change God's mind about him. <laughs> it was not, it, it's not what God had in, in mind, mind for you. Therefore, girl, take a shower. <laughs> Boy, have a bottle shower. Put on your suit. Wait for the next somebody to say hi. Don't pass me by. You know? Simple as that. You know? That's what is killing us. Because you you, you want to internalize everything personally. We marry people in our minds. I've learned to understand that a relationship must not be personal. Do you know why relationships are personal? Mm. It's because they involve intimacy before a time. We, 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 we are breaking um, a system set by God. Mm. You know? That 
you have to grow and this must be done in a covenant because it honors me yeah because this is this pleases me says the lord so when we do it out of proportion it becomes personal i see you know there is a say that i've recently heard that the word of god comes to us personally no you are pers- you are a person but the word is divine mm-hmm. you know so but it's important to understand this in a relationship that we cannot be personal because mm-hmm. personal brings a lot of emotions yeah emotions surround itself a lot of feelings and therefore we do things before time we 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 end up destroying what we are going to build on mm-hmm. okay we end up changing the sweetness of what was meant to be sweeter mm-hmm. all those kind of things so it is very important to understand that yeah okay so there was like a lot i wish we could like have a whole conversation just on that point but i wrote questions so i'm going to honor myself and ask one of them <laughs> But now my my question is um when should premarital counseling begin because i think that although we would assume that everyone say by the age of 25 have more or less figured themselves out in the lord but there's also the possibility that a person just came to the lord or a person grew up in church but they're only now growing in their relationship with god so i believe that counseling then plays a very vital role in that guiding process that pastor mentioned. So when does this counseling begin? Maybe we shouldn't call it premarital counseling. When does this kind of relationship counseling begin and when should it actually begin in contrast to that? You know, um I th- I think um the this kind of counseling you're talking about that reading to marital counseling, premarital counseling it should begin from the age of 25 okay from the age you are 25 you are supposed to be seeking a marital counseling so if a person gets married when they 23 <laughs> if you get married when you are 23 make sure you are in the church where this kind of teachings are not real or are not scarce okay the, the marriage counseling we can define there is there is counseling that should take place throughout your life from the certain age you reach maturity and you're starting to look at men as a potential and you're starting to look at women as a potential husband and wife remember before 25 there are very few people in our generation who are looking at you and sees the husband and this is the wife material yeah. and so forth but there comes a, an age and that is what we need to make clear you cannot be 28 30 35 years and you having a girlfriend what do you mean what 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 is your intentions what are you trying to achieve you, what time are you waiting for when is the right time when is the right time that you will have children and actually see them growing and be able to invest in them and they provide for them so that we don't suffer the kids don't suffer or pay the price of our negligence or our ignorance mm. so so your question is very important proper counseling the moment we identify each other into courtship stage i don't want to see her as my church sister church friend i want to and and and, and you both have that mutual feeling mm-hmm. so then I think the counseling also helps you in a sense of opening your eyes to know whether is this what you want that's number mm. one. Number two it gives you more awareness of what you are going into. Number three it also prepares you guys for what you are going to do. So number one it is awareness. Number two it is early preparation. And also I would call it number four to to make sure that both of you understand the accountability and responsibilities because uh, that is where truly accountabilities and responsibilities begin okay okay so that means you must when you say you are you want to move into courtship make sure you are a man of you have a man of god a pastor 
that you now need to start sitting with and actually listening to because that is where also many things goes wrong divine destiny divine destiny are usually attacked in courtship relationship and this one is very important relationships that are meant to be are usually under spiritual attack Mm. in the courtship season okay many people make a mistake to think that battles begin in the marriage no the battles begin the day you find him and the day he found you and heaven have approved that you are the one to be sure courtship can bring a lot of stress a lot of anxiety a lot of confusion mm. if there's no spiritual guidance so at the early stage of courtship there should be spiritual guidance and if there be distance there must still be a sort a source of um platform or opportunity to provide guidance mm. to make sure the language is one to make sure we have a mutual understanding to make sure we have a neutral ideology to make sure we have the same expectation and at that stage you no longer afraid families are away mm. uh, through your permission with the with your coach or your guidance your pastor you can start planning and preparing for a wedding mm. you know according to the truth All right. So it start as early as in courtship. Mm. But also in church as men and women get to know each other's behavior based on orientation and culture, um economy we living in health and so forth. There's a lot of things you have to consider. And this is when you the reality comes into play that oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Because there are churches that believes that before we give you our son before we give you our daughter we want to see uh HIV tests yeah not that marrying somebody who have an HIV is wrong but in the case i have hidden it from you we want you to marry him or her on a mutual understanding and yeah. on a mutual agreement that hey i am whether she is HIV or he is and i have made the decision to marry him We want that kind of informative. Yeah. Not where you reach the marriage and you hear a bomb. Sorry honey. Mm. I didn't tell you until we got married Yo. that I have HIV. Oh, IP on the bed in the night. <laughs> you know. Yo, so 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 these are kind of so we want to make sure that you know each other. That's a thing though. Like, we want to make sure that the importance of early courtship It is to help you all understand one another. Above all, God will guide you. Sure. Wow. Okay, so the, the like there was very insightful but the one of a guy possibly peeing on the bed really hit me. I'm still disoriented. No, you can also pee on the bed. No. What if you <laughs> know? What if you have intercontinent intercontinental um In, in, yeah, no incontinency oh i the inability to hold your urine in the dream when you're sleeping <laughs> well, there are people who have incontinency <laughs> but why <laughs> and, and and when the switch of like they're gone they can't control it you have to wake up hanging in or you have to buy the plastic and put it under the bed Whoa. to control that But like, why would not say that? Anyway, in let's life. move on. Yeah, let's go to the next question. Um, <laughs> so the next question is very serious. Um, and it's it's a it's a very in marriage usually doesn't really happen so a lot of marriages apparently 50% of all marriages fail within the first five years so they end in divorce and a quarter of those are 
Christian marriages. So, like, literally, like, a quarter of all divorces, basically, in the world are people who are supposed to be Christian. So now my concern is, is the church doing enough? Because Pastor now spoke into counseling, getting into marriage. I, I feel like a lot of emphasis is put into premarital counseling and all that. But I've, I haven't heard, Pofa, I have not been married, so I don't know if maybe it's there. Um, support for newlyweds in the church. So what kind of support is there? Say such things have not been spoken about and then boom, now Mugai has to hang in them. And that, you know, yeah. um, Janelle, marriage it is an institute. Okay. And it is a divine institute. Marriage it is God's idea. Yes. It is not man initiated. Men made bombs, they made the cars, they built the bridge, they went to the moon. But marriage is not a man idea. And therefore, number one, every marriage must have its foundation on the idea of God. True, yeah. That goes with no discussion. We don't need to discuss that. Yeah. Because we didn't invent it. We did not initiate it. So it is not something to debate on. Yeah. And surely, let's say we did start a marriage on a good grounds. Okay? Yeah. But this must go back to self-evaluation. As in to what kind of seed I am in the church. Okay. That's where I'm going to take it. Because that is where the problem is. The problem is not the divorce. The problem that led to divorce was there before we married. Oh, wow. Okay. It's unlikely that things that cause people to divorce is in you. Solomon said it to clear. That there is nothing in you under the sun. Yeah. And and, and I think the, this becomes important in, in, in the properly taking time to seek guidance in the courtship. And spend time in prayer. Yeah. Especially when the church has approved the courtship or is happy with the courtship. Don't pray together in the room in the room alone because there is a natural attraction that we cannot ignore at times. That God won there for a purpose. <laughs> God wasn't there but he wanted discipline. Mm -hmm. There is a quite a number of things we can talk about here. Yeah. We see marriage as a problem, but marriage is not the problem. There is a problem that led to this divorce. Is it a new thing since we married? No. Sure. It was there. It was the other side that I didn't reveal to you. Mm. Sure. It was the untold story that you're now beginning to see. And that does not mean... I'm not a Christian in answering your question. Mm. Because my Christianity it is based on a faith and a belief system. It is the belief moral. Mm. And, and there are two things that I need to perhaps make you understand that I'm going to say that are a bit controversy here. Mm. Number one, a Christian is not somebody who goes to church. Okay. Okay. A Christian is not somebody in a suit or in a long dress on Sunday. Hmm? A Christian is somebody who strives to portray Christ-like nature. In another word, is someone who has put his belief in Christ. I've put my belief in Christ, but my nature and the character have not changed. <laughs> I see. 
Why? Because it takes a lot of self-effort. Number one, powerful. It takes a lot of self-effort, self number one. Two, determination. Three, courage. To ensure that I allow Christ to work on the character and the personality and the behavior and the habits. <laughs> now, listen to the most deep one. Yeah. This character, this behavior, these moral principles that are good or wrong that I may have can be hidden during a courtship just to have you. Pastor is scaring me. <laughs> I can hide my true nature. That's true. That's really true. So, you can't say, how can you do this to me? I didn't know you like this. Of course, you didn't know me. Hence, now I'm showing you this part <laughs> so that you can know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that you know me, it's up to you to, can you handle it or can't you handle it? <laughs> there is a say that you never know a person until you are married. The first five years, it is when each other's personality and the character and the culture mm. begin to crash. I see. So in the first five years, it is when profession, it is when balancing of planning, balancing of ideas, balancing, agreeing and disagree. It, uh, it, is, it, it is the first five years where you are learning to find your grounds. To know is this really going to work? Is this who I am? Am I meant for this? Do I have have I developed enough muscles during courtship and the rest of my life to handle this issue, to tolerate this man who's speaking to me like this? That is not my father, who think he's in charge, who think he owns me, all those kind of are you going to think like that or are you going to change that thinking? After five years in an, any institution, you get a degree. The only difference with, the, with, the, with the marriage, you mm. got your degree the day you get married. Mm. So within five years, you are studying for the degree you were given. Yo. Whereas in a world institute, you study five years and they give you a degree. Mm. That's the only difference. Obviously, like in any institution, you get those who pass and graduate on time, <laughs> and you get those who, pa who, who struggle and struggle along the way. Yo. In the same way, spiritually and physically, mm. Christian marriages, they will go through the struggle. Yeah. Some can resist and overcome the hardships and the struggle of marriage and be able to pass five years. Mm. Passing five years means we're reaching stability. We're reaching a neutral understanding. We're reaching, um, yeah, we're reaching stability, basically. We're beginning yeah. to know each other more. We're beginning to accept each other more. We're beginning to tolerate one another more. Mm. You have overcome a lot in these five years. Sure. A student will tell you wow. that to get this degree, you don't understand. I had a sleepless night. I, didn't, there was, I had no food. Scholarship issues, school fees issues, nightmares and anxiety, yeah. so forth. Marriage will go through the same until it reaches stability. And and that is scientifically proven. Yeah. And it is true. Just because I'm a, I'm a Christian does no longer mean I'm a human. I'm a normal human who have put my faith in Christ. Yeah. But that does not change that I've seen my father beating my wife and that nature is in me, and sometimes I may have a tendency sure. or habit to want to do the same because I was not properly taught, mm. and I am not properly guided. Just because I had a premarital counseling does not mean I had everything that I need. Sure. So coming to this, in conclusion on this matter, I would say, people who are married should be more closer to the pastors than anyone. True. They should spend time with pastors. They should spend time with their mentors, their fathers, mm. being guided and being taught. And when that happens, 
you become stronger and stronger. Because what we see as a mountain in our marriage, two of us, mm. you take it to your pastor, to a spiritual man of God, to, to an older marriage couple that you trust in the church, yeah. they will tell you, no, don't worry. That uh. problem, your thought is a mountain. Y'all will be there crying. <laughs> he didn't even want to entertain me as if it was my fault. And they will be like, no, don't worry. Just what we want you to do from today when he comes home. Just give him water. When she give you water, just say thank you, my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? And uh, suddenly, that mountain that two of you saw is gone. And once that one is gone, behold, there is another to climb. It's always important to have people in your life who have climbed it ahead of you. So when you get where it's steep and slippery, they will tell you, hold there, there is a rope in the corner. There is a, a branch that catch it and hold on it. And you get over. Yeah. Marriage it is not about paving a new story. It is about rewriting a story that was written. Hello. So five years mm. is being put to test for the degree you received. <laughs> Yo, wow. Okay. Um, thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Um, I think this is our final, final question. Mm. So, um, first and foremost, thank you so much. This has been so insightful. I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, maybe I should have had a notebook, but at least it's recorded so I can always go back yeah. to it and it's on the internet. So it's like always available. Yeah. But one last thing I want to ask is a lot of people that I know, like myself included, I am very much more excited about the idea of having children than I am about the idea of getting married. A lot of people that I know think believe that just because we're married, then we're going to have kids. But a lot of other people don't want children. So I want, I want Pastor to maybe speak to the importance of marriage outside of being fruitful and multiplying in the sense of having children. So what other, what other purposes of marriage are there outside of having kids? That question is very clear. Mm. It takes us back to what we said. And I think this is going to clarify it. Is marriage built on your idea and my idea? <laughs> marriage is... The moment the way the marriage comes into picture, it's not about us. Yes, Pastor. It's God's purpose. Marriage is God's intention. What the hell do you want to get married for if you don't have kids? <laughs> don't date. Remain single. Go be yourself. Go live in the forest or in the jungle. Go live in the desert since you don't want to get married. Don't love somebody's daughter. Don't love somebody's son. Don't want to marry them. You, do you want kids? No. So you don't want... To, what do you want? To sit and look at you in the face. They want love and nice feelings. Can I say something that is very powerful? The joy of marriage is children. You do more research than we do and more studies than you do. Do research and find out why people adopt. Majority of people who adopt are people who are struggling to have children. Go to your research. Majority of people who do adoption are people who either have a medical condition that they cannot have children. It's a reality. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's not their problem. It, it's another subject for it on its own. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that God has his own personal divine intention for marriage. Mm. The priority on that list is that the two become one. Mm. The moment they become one, they must multiply. It is not the ring that makes them one. It is intimacy that makes them one. True. According to Romans. Mm. That is God. So why are we becoming one? God is looking for a little thing to multiply the earth. <laughs> but there's enough people on the earth now. Like Since when you decide how many people are enough on earth? 
Are we becoming the World Health Organization and the China <laughs> that we decided now our population is enough? We must only have one child. Okay. <laughs> there is um this is why people end up having a lot of pets. See. And having a lot of pets, ending up sleeping with the pets, even though there's a husband. <laughs> because the joy of having a child mm. is important. I'm waiting to see a real woman who don't want a child in Your marriage. Pastor. People are going to at you. I want to see them. <laughs> I want to see a good woman who have no medical issue. Who says I want to be married but not have a kid. And the same I want to see a man. There is a problem. There's a lot of people who don't want kids though. Let me tell you. Not until they get married. And actually realize that you want a kid. I see. Marriage will change a lot of things. Remember it's an institution. Remember it's an institution. institution. And you are learning and you are adapting and you are changing as somebody who is being educated. That is very powerful. You get people who says, I want 10 kids before they get married. The moment they go through the sleepless night, the moment they go through semester one, semester two, they begin to look at their husband and say, my husband, if we're thinking about making a second baby, you might as well get another wife to <laughs> But before yeah. this person wanted 10 babies, mm. marriage changes your perception. It's difficult to be in a marriage without children. Do research. Find me two or three couples mm. who lived happy ever after without children in the marriage. Sure. Children changes your world. And it's how God has designed it. Yeah. That as one generation age, another is born. Mm. To give him glory, to give him honor. Sure. It is amongst the divine instruction he gave to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and, and multiply. It is God's instruction. So in another words, not having a kid, it is denying the earth it's a privilege and is going against God's divine order. So, <laughs> that's so deep. <laughs> okay, before pastor offends people. <laughs> no. No, Dino, Dino, let's talk about this. Let, let's be honest about this. Yeah. It is okay to say I don't want a child, but live alone until you die. It's fine. Don't get married. Because I promise you, the moment you get married, mm. one of you will want a child. I've seen that, actually. It's possible, Dineo, that in our early stage of marriage, we can live together and the one, we don't want a kid. Okay, I don't want a kid. He'll be like, okay. But sooner or later, one of you will want a child. Okay. Okay? So, one of you guys will need a child. It may not be you who, you may be on the note of, I don't want a kid. And still live up to your word. Yeah. But the moment one of you want a kid, either you're going to adopt, and that's a kid, that's a kid. <laughs> so that it won't be anymore that you don't want a child. You have no choice because that's a child. Mm. You will have to love and cherish and groom and take care. So you can no longer go in the street and say, hey, I said to my husband, I don't want a child. Because no, there is now a child. Yeah. The moment two people get married, one of them will want a child. Yeah. And I've seen that. Um, but the funny thing with the couple that I saw is that the wife didn't want children and the mm. husband ended up wanting children. And then they got divorced, but now she's getting married again. And now she wants children. Mm. So maybe she just didn't want children in the ogre. But that's a whole different topic. <laughs> it's a whole different it's a, conversation. It's a different conversation. It could be yeah. personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. can have her own reasons. Yeah. But men will want kids. Mm. To a child, to a mother, it's something else. Sometimes... 
mothers think they are more connected to the children because there is a lot of emotions you carry them you give birth to them mm. i mean you did something we cannot do but that doesn't make us less attached to children I than see. women the only difference that we don't have the emotions and feelings in our attachment oh that's that's tweetable right there as well where else when are you not only having emotions and feelings in your attachment but you have a covenant umbilical cord mm. so you are connected physically but that doesn't make men less connected to children true there are men who will have no no heart of caring for their children mm. but the majority of men want children loves children you know so when we're not marriage and dating i don't want a kid i don't know it's okay baby it's okay mm, but the moment he, you get married <laughs> one of you will want a child and mm. trust me that marriage will not last until there is a child in that house sure wow but children also don't save marriages and just like in in, in parting i also want pastor to maybe just touch on that as we close off the conversation that children actually don't save marriages because some people think just because we have a child now um our marriage is saved yes, you know what i'm saying absolutely yes you know okay so um i know that was supposed to be our last question but just just as pastor is speaking i i just to ask this so in parting yes it's understandable that children are important in marriage one of the divine role goals of marriage is that it it brings fruitfulness and multiplication yeah but people can easily say okay fine my marriage is going through mud so let's just have a child to save our marriage mm. i would like for pastor to just touch on that as as we close off the conversation that just the point that children don't actually save marriages Thank you. The point that I want, I'm going to make three points or okay. two. Number one, children comes into the marriage. They don't start the marriage. Okay. That's, that's a good point. Okay. So children, they come to join the marriage. They don't start the marriage. Yeah. So as people who come to join, I'm using the word people, <laughs> they must have their place in the marriage. True. Okay. I've realized that whenever I sleep with my son, he interferes with, he will be moving up and down. I'm, my wife is at the end of the bed. I'm on the other end of the, end, the bed. And that, it, do you know why? It's because the kids are not supposed to be there. Okay. What is a baby's, what is a baby bed called? A court. What is a court? <laughs> what is a court? Like where they go and talk about things like a legal court. Yes. <laughs> a court is an institution that is designed mm. to ensure that people keeps the law, the law and the regulations of the country. Hello. Yes. And they live their life within the legal parameters. Okay. In the same way. Kids are designed to live and sleep in the court. Okay. So that they do not interfere or break the rules of marriage. Okay. So, whoever is going like to that. listen to this, no matter how much you attach it to your child, mm. in marriage, a baby must sleep in the court. Mm. The moment he or she, you bring him to sleep between two of you, they divisions begin the quarrel begins issues begin yeah the mother should not want to go sleep with the baby because she didn't marry to the baby <laughs> the baby belongs in the court, court. Sure. a guided secure parameter mm. so that the mother and the father can also be in their space and fulfill their role and fulfill their role in the marriage <laughs> That is very important in a marriage. Wow. Children are not meant. We're not supposed to involve uh, children all the time. Mm. As much as the overall focus is them, 
but they are not the primary focus. True. They are the secondary focus. And there goes the yeah. children of this house wrapping up the conversation. And that's because <laughs> otherwise I was gonna send them to the court <laughs> and send them to a judge called Jesus. But there's a high court saying yeah. that. So thank you very much. So it, it it is it is for that reason. Mm. Children have their place. Yeah. You can't always go out go out with the kids. True. You can't always think think kids. They must have their place and they must have your space. Yeah. Enjoy your space. And they, you must enjoy your space together with the children. They the joined the marriage. They didn't start the marriage. Mama. The goal in the marriage is the husband and the wife. Mm. The kids must be the secondary goal. Yeah, sure. If you do it otherwise, the marriage will become a problem. Mm-hmm. If the wife loves the kid too much, the husband will complain. Mm. If the husband is far from the, his kids, the wife will also complain. True. We must give them love, but the main love is between two of us. True. Wow. Mom. And that wraps up the conversation. And now Junior is in the thank room. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So you're, thank you so much, Pastor. They were so insightful. And Junior has been wanting to clap his hands. So you can clap his hands now. Clap your hands, Junior. <laughs> And in the name, you are the secondary love, though, not the primary love. Eh? <laughs> in Junior's words, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>